The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. I am your host, Stephen Heiner, pinch hitting for our regular host, Justin Soder. And with me today, I have the great pleasure to welcome, as always, His Excellency Bishop Daniel Dolan and Father Anthony Chicada, both shepherding the group at St. Gertrude the Great Catholic Church. Your Excellency Father, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for your kind welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. As always, uh, when it's a show with you, we have to start with a prayer. So if you'd like to lead us. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. And being in an agony, he prayed the longer. Lord Jesus Christ, who didst will for the redemption of the world to bear with patience, miseries and sorrows, dolors and insults, passion and death, bestow on us, we beseech thee, that these may profit the living to grace and the dead to pardon, and all of us unto life everlasting. Amen. May the divine assistance remain always with us, and the souls of the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Amen. Your Excellency, today we want to talk about sports and what what we're supposed to to think of them, how we're supposed to interact. And I, and I suppose, as part of talking with you before the show, we always want to remind people that we're all liberals in the modern age. This is the environment we're born into. Um, and so whenever we hear something that grates us or that we say, oh, I don't know if, I don't know if father really, you know, knows what he said. I don't know really if his excellency is being an extremist. We can't, we have to ask ourselves the question, what is causing me to react this way? What is causing me to question this? Is, is it coming from a good place? Is it coming from a well-formed Catholic culture or is it coming from modernity being irritated at Catholic thought. And I suppose that's, that's our starting point for having this conversation is we have to tell people, be willing to hear you out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, so with that in mind, um, the idea of, of sport, competitive sport, and you had even said, you know, something like chess could be considered part of that competitive sport environment. How, how can we as Catholics see this as something that is this something we should be participating in? Is it something we can Christianize as we did with many other pagan things? Or is it something that maybe we were able to do and, and uh, we can't anymore? The problem, uh, Stephen, is the principle. It, once, once there's a principle, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the pebble in the shoe. And you really have to do something to take off the shoe or, or get rid of the pebble. So, um, but it, I, I'll grant you this, that uh, what we're going to talk about in this particular show is, uh, will 
is con- more than controversial. It certainly could be even shocking or surprising to many, many of our of our good Catholics. But I'd like to pose the problem in the light of the revolution and in the light of the rosary. Obviously, the rosary is taking you already more towards a solution. But in the light of the revolution, um, the, particularly uh, the, uh, the, the revolution of, of, of Martin Luther against the Church, the beginning of that, that modern age, uh, makes everything to be separate from everything else. The Catholic Church, in a wondrous simplicity, unites. Um, so body versus soul, the church versus the state, uh, the Sunday, your Sunday beliefs, eventually for Protestants, versus their, their Monday activities. Um, and also, it's, it's in that same sense, too, recreation, the idea of recreation, the idea of sport, People don't, I don't, except maybe in the case of some obvious excess, which is being talked about quite a bit today, people don't think of that. Uh, of, of Would the Catholic Church have something to say about, well, I mean, years ago when we started preaching social doctrine sermons about the kingship of Christ, don't talk about politics, Father, from the pulpit. And, and, and then it was the same thing, don't talk about sports, Father, from the pulpit. These are ours. The church has no business there. You stay out. Stay in the church. Stay in the sacristy. What's that? That's modernism or naturalism, I guess. So uh, this is just another fruit of the of, of of the revolution. But the solution actually is is in the rosary. The um, first sorrowful mystery is really what I'd like to talk about a little bit this afternoon. Father Chicano wants has, has got some input as well about some of the modern uh, excesses of sport. The agony in the garden. Uh, the word. Agony, from the Greek and historically, does not mean some sort of a difficult or a painful uh, torment. It, it means simply a struggle. And it was used in the world of St. Luke's Day when St. Luke wrote that word down in the, in, in, in the gospel. It was, it was used to mean sport, um, not any kind of a diversion, but sport specifically, sport in its essence, organized contention that's expressed physically, one author phrases it this way, entering into any kind of a game, contending either intellectually, chess, or physically brawling with another, say, classic hockey, little league football, that sort of thing, to achieve some sort of a goal while somebody tries to stop you from achieving your goal. Uh, then St. Paul, in the epistle to the Corinthians for Septuagesima Sunday, a week from the Sunday on the 16th of February this year, we use all of the, we use all of the sports, the boxing and the racing vocabulary and images, but he'll speak about it to, to tell us that we're supposed to strive not for, not for a perishable crown, but for an imperishable one. The trouble is that in the striving for the perishable crown, we actually, and this is the heart of the argument, we actually go against all of the elements of, um, of Christian morality. And that's the reason why the fathers, the saints, uh, strove against sport. And we're very, uh, the Olympics and any the, the, the amphitheaters and all of the rest, and we're very happy to see them all closed down. And that's why there weren't any, there wasn't really much in the way of any organized public playing of sports until 
the revolution, that, that word again, 1848, the first of the communist revolutions. And then in a country that's supremely molded by the Protestant revolution, England, you see in their public schools, which were actually private schools, as we would call them, you see the emergence of, of uh, organized sport for the students. And that's how you get the modern teams and the modern ideas and, and all. And then it took over. Just it, just it was so popular. just came back right away. All, over all those years in between, there was some sport, but it was always unorganized and um, uh, sort of casual in its, in its nature. And very often when it did erupt, you might say, the church would would condemn it. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about some of the sins that come from sport, and he talks about vicarious sport, that is to say, by means of animals like um, bull racing, bull, the bullfighting, uh, that's uh, the polio in Siena, that sort, that, that sort of thing. Uh, the, but the, the, the essential idea is this, is that uh, sport is agonia, it's contention or strife, but for us it's to no purpose and the unleashing of all these really unlovely faults and vices, that's what's bad. Why don't you say something, Father Chicada? <laughs> How could I possibly improve? <laughs> <laughs> so among the uh, feelings or among the emotions that uh, were stirred up by these competitive sports in, in uh, pagan times were all sorts of uh, emotions that, uh, in fact, uh, were sinful. For instance, a feeling of, of uh, pride on the part of a player. Uh, you know, the, you have a skill at, at something that's, uh, that's really uh, vain. You, you seek the acclaim of other people, the acclaim of the crowd. Uh, you become angry at, say, your teammates, um, or the people on the other side of, of uh, the sports. In the case of the arena sports, where you uh, you know actually killed each other, uh, obviously there, there was that sin involved. The infliction of, of physical harm, which is so frequently a part of, of uh, team sports, which you know we see even in these days. And uh, generally speaking, the worship of the, the physical. So all of that stuff. Uh, all, all of these uh, uh, emotions and and uh, sinful uh, uh, sinful attitudes were stirred uh, uh, stirred up, uh, you know, on the part of the the uh, people who actually were contending in this this uh, uh, agonia. So you you can see why the uh, fathers of the church seem to be very much against it. The, the, the difficulty uh, uh, is that sports are so much a part of people's lives today that um, well, it's the same problem perhaps as with uh, politics for so many. It's very difficult for people to stand back and to get a clear perspective on things, sort of a, a, a Catholic, a truly um, a spiritual perspective on these things uh, based on the the Catholic position, the fathers of the church and the saints, and indeed uh, a meditation on the um, the first sorrowful mystery, that that was the true agonia, that was the contention. And our Lord was contending with himself and contending against the tempter, against the evil one, the devil, so that he could say, yes, Father, thy will be done, if the chalice may not pass from me. That's... Uh, 
that's fighting for a purpose. That's the fighting of the martyrs. That's the fighting of resisting temptation. That's the fighting of daily duty and uh, all of the rest. It's not what sports gives you, that is a contention to no purpose, except, as St. Paul says, you know, empty human honors. He says, I fight not as one beating the air. Um, and I don't, you, you might say, since I reject modern sports, therefore I don't beat up, beat up other people and uh, consider that to be my fun or my uh, entertainment. So even the adding of, uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later on, I think, the adding of other things like maybe like the idea of gentlemanly conduct, be a good loser, be a good winner, um, even saying prayers in the locker room, that sort of, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to think that out of these secondary things that somehow you can change the very nature of something which is meant to stir up all the basest passions of man the passions that otherwise in life we're meant to combat and fight against. We were talking, uh, you and I, in in the show, The Root of the Rot, talking about how the church had to keep fighting and for the idea of one man, one woman for marriage for hundreds of years to try to break through people's skulls. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it came together early on because it came from our Lord. So with this idea of sports, was this something that the Pope in their own way, you could say, contended with for a while, or what was was there a condemnation fairly early on? Well, um, St. Augustine preached very vigorously against uh, sports. Uh, Tertullian and Novation, even though obviously they went astray, wrote whole books from a Catholic perspective, truly, against sports and their utter incompatibility with uh, Christian principles. That's, you might say, it's sports that got St. John Chrysostom killed, and I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, that he got beat up in the hockey rink or on the playing field for football, because he condemned the, um, the, uh, the dedication in effect of an arena right in front of, of the uh, Basilica of Holy Wisdom in Constantinople, which is in all of it being pagan and really built to honor the, uh, the Empress uh, the, uh, Theodora. So uh, the church, the fathers, the, the saints have always uh, opposed even even the little remnants that would remain uh, bear baiting, uh, bull running, um, uh, bo- some form of boxing or wrestling that from time to time throughout the history of the church would would sort of reappear after the um, after the, the saints succeeded in, in destroying them. But the idea is that it, it really is a pagan thing that appeals to the worst in people, not only bloodlust, but this whole idea of pride, fighting, strife, to prove yourself to be a, to be a superior. Um, in, the, in the retreat that we had at the, the seminary recently, uh, the story was read of two of the fathers of the, of the Egyptian desert, two hermits who lived next door to each other and peacefully for many, many years. And during some recreation time, one of the hermits says to his neighbor, why don't we have a fight the way people in the world do? And the other said very innocently, well, how, how would that happen? I have no idea. You'd have to show me. And so the, so the, man said, the first man said, well, I'll tell you what. See this rock, the rock that's on my property? I'll roll it over onto your property. And then you have to react now. And then the other, the, the other man says, well, 
but if you want to put it on my property, that's all right with me. That doesn't bother me any. He said, no, 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 you're supposed to be upset. Why would I be upset? It's just a rock after all. And the two of them could never manage to have a proper fight because all of all, they have, they, they had worked their entire lives as, as, as hermits to die to all of those vices of pride and strife contention and arguing and fighting and a spirit of possession that are all stirred up by by sport. And that's really the idea. That's the idea of the Christian values versus the values of the devil and the values of the world. Now, Your Excellency, I remember you gave a sermon some weeks back on on St. Therese, which is the custom at St. Gertrude's, I should really say. Uh, <laughs> But uh, about uh, within the Martin family that they would have you to call them holy competitions. Where yes. they, how can we understand the idea of competitiveness and competition within the Christian construct? Because I think at this moment, some the, the Catholics of goodwill who are listening, who are who are willing to challenge them views, their their uh, shall we say sacred cows um, or sacred yes. Notre Dame Notre Dame sweatshirt that. Mm-hmm. It, how can you parse the difference between playing some game with my family or, let's say, a holy competition, you know, that St. That Saint, Saint Therese would have with her family from sports as we understand it within the modern construct? You could only put it in a, in a context of humility, Stephen. And so no one actually <clears throat> wins these things. And and the, the, the use of the term competition is in is in quotation marks because um, there's there's a there's a savor of paradox about the whole thing, but paradox is really what makes what makes the Catholic Church run. So there's nothing wrong with paradox, and paradox sets things into relief and makes us think of things in some fresh or or new way. But so you speak of maybe in, within the Martin family or even the husband and the wife having between the two of them a, a holy competition, but it's um, that was the original. The original uh, spirituality you might see of a very young Therese of this year was to uh, count up and somehow to win that she did more acts of self-denial or she said more short prayers or aspirations than somebody else did. And then later on in life, the idea is to be is not to count and to be utterly self-effacing. And so the idea of um, any kind of a competition, properly speaking, that just fades away. And it fades away into humility. And it's humility that's exactly affronted or attacked in uh, organized sport. So uh, let, me, I, I, let me make sure I'm understanding your excellency. Would you, as you're talking about it in terms of St. Therese, do you see mm-hmm. it as a... Uh, a pedagogy that you're you're going to start at this lower level. I'm not going to say it's like the interior castle where you're moving forward in those steps, but I'm going to say something like, this is a, a juvenile, a younger version, you know, sort of like giving up chocolates for Lent when you're young and you've got to progress mm-hmm. from that as you get older. So mm-hmm. you're saying that the, how can I, the Eucharistic crusade slash rosary crusade way of of doing things has to transition to something different, that idea of something? Yes, because that's not, the, the point is that that's not really a good pedagogy. And we oughtn't to be giving that to our children, either under the guise of religion or under the guise of uh, recreation or, or fun, character formation, sports. One of the things that I like to ask you and, and Father Chicada, because 
unlike me, you, you were born into a, a living and vibrant Catholic church, one that was visible worldwide. What was the, the prevailing attitude about, about this thought process? Was there anyone that you knew who thought this way, who were willing to look at competition in this light? Well, I mean, certainly not anywhere in my experience in the pre-Vatican II Church um, that um, uh, the idea was that, you know, I guess you rooted for Notre Dame football and uh, that uh, sports, different sports teams were uh, considered a very good thing for uh, high schools, uh, high schools to have, and I guess Catholic colleges to have. So it was something that that um, you know, in, in fact, was uh, very much promoted, very much a part of the uh, culture at that time. Although you have to say that it was not uh, promoted to the extent in those days that it is promoted now. It, w- it was done with such moderation, um, and if you if you could use the term with such virtue, that. Uh, if we're if one were to compare it to the modern sport, including in the Novus Ordo schools, fifty years later, you'd have to say, wait, there's no comparison, none at all, and be, and it's perhaps because things have gone so far towards barbarism and towards this open bloodlust and paganism. And the only thing is to well, Vince Lombardi, you know, <laughs> winning is everything. That uh, that uh, that perhaps now. With the help of the Rosary and the Fathers of the Church, we want to rethink our involvement in all of this. But in our time, when we were when we were, when we were kids growing up, it was something entirely different. It was very restrained. It was a part of life. It was, and, and as as with so many things, as I said earlier, no one really thought about it. It was disconnected. It had. It was part of the fabric of Catholic parish life, academic mm-hmm. life, culture. But you didn't really think about it in, in in any other terms. But today, it's so offensive to to even basic Christian life that you have to stop and think about it. And I think the point of a program such as ours today, or the sermons that some of our traditional Catholics might hear, uh, that's. That, that are, are motivated by that. So let's then look at the principles. That's that's a little bit the idea. The uh, uh, as, as far as the uh, interest in in sports, I mean, uh, everyone collected baseball cards. Basically, Bishop Sanborn even collected baseball <laughs> cards. I, I I think we wrested that admission out of him in an <laughs> earlier show. But it was a um, the, the whole spirit of it was uh, much less crazy and much less. Uh, intense, and it was uh, uh, something that was seen as, you know, just as an occasional form of recreation, and uh, interesting from that point of view, but not as as a um, sort of a defining note to someone's life, you know, identifying with the Milwaukee Braves. Well, Your Excellency Father, you've given a good explanation of, of how it was perceived. Again, before the council, those of us who weren't around don't have any sense of that. Did this change, uh, as with many things, uh, during and after the council? Yes, I would say that uh, on uh, two levels, because of the uh, upheaval on the uh, 
doctrinal and moral level that uh, took place in the church after Vatican II. You had uh, people lose sight of a, a proper perspective on what was uh, what should be part of a Catholic life and what shouldn't be part of a Catholic life. So you have that. The second point is the uh, media culture and how that has uh, really taken off and really became pervasive. And sports became a, a very big part of that and a big profit-making part of that and heavily uh, publicized and heavily promoted. So you had these, uh, as far as Catholics goes, you had these, these uh, two phenomena that were really pushing and, and uh, transforming sports into uh, uh, something else and something that is really uh, noxious and something that really has a, a bad effect on our society and is pervasive. So it's, uh, it's, it, you might say it was always there in principle, but it was um, in practice done in such a restrained, modest uh, fashion that um, it wasn't offensive at all. Uh, certainly, I'm sure there were excesses and abuses. There always have been. But it wasn't until the church was no more in, 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 in practical terms, in popular culture, and in our modern world, that something else came in. And what came in to take its place? So instead of sports as sort of a as a discrete part of moderate sports, as a discrete part of church life, school life, uh, Catholic and popular culture. Now it becomes sports as a religion, sports that comes in almost to take over and to compete, and yes, indeed, compete with religion, not only in the way of um, exalting pride and, and, and violence and, and winning at any cost, strife for no purpose, but, but literally to compete with the church on her own ground, so that we all, all, all priests know of families that whose children will not be attending during certain sporting seasons, uh, you know, the soccer season. If, if, there's a, if there's a conflict, there's no question, children won't be at mass that Sunday because they have a game So it's because of this religion. That's something that's over and above the objective principle, but that's something, too, which is worth talking about because... Uh, as religion has died out in the modern world, <clears throat> along with because the church has almost died out, something has to take its place. And that something which has taken its place is modern sport as a religion. Well, I mean, in, in certain ways, you're actually, as, as someone who is embroiled in this in my own way, I, we were talking before the show uh, about the things that I enjoy and, and I, I'm happy to admit and, and happy to be played publicly by, by yourself and by father that uh, I'm a big, uh, by a big, I'm a big soccer fan. And so one of the first things I did upon coming to Europe was to attend the modern cathedral service of a European, <laughs> so a European soccer match. And I did, I did, uh, I, I, I did make some notes in my journal that night that I thought this is the, the, the excitement, the unity and the passion uh, of of a home team at a sporting event must have been similar to one can think of it an esprit de corps among a Catholic community or a Catholic city. Uh, I'm thinking of Siena and and the Paleo, where they'd have different neighborhoods, you know, race their race their horses around once a year. That there is this this sense of um, a community coming together 
for something that mattered deeply to them, and that this is the closest I can touch to religion within the secular sphere. When I attend a soccer match and you see the devotion that these people bring, um, mm-hmm. that, that is, as you say, the replacement. So religion isn't gone from men's hearts. It just, it just, costs, um, it just costs money now, and, and you, can, you can eat at your religious services. <laughs> well, that, I suppose that's you know the whatever they whatever they're serving up in the stands is is their version of a form of communion, and the, yeah, they, it has and 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 sometimes depending on what happens in the particular sport to the players, uh, there's human sacrifice involved as well. We know that from American <laughs> football and, and concussions and the rest of it. Uh, it's um, it's 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 taken over truly as the popular religion, the, the religion of the West, if you will, or even a universal religion. And it has all the characteristics and uh, of uh, the defining qualities of what, what makes a religion to be a religion. But you're, you're talking about that, that spirit of enthusiasm and, and a sort of a holy fun, and you're just really in it, and it's just really wonderful. That's how Catholic life used to be, Stephen, and uh, that's how we have to try to make Catholic life to be in our chapels, in our families, amongst our friends. Uh, that's certainly how they must have felt when they got together to build a magnificent cathedral or when they got together to drive the, drive the Moors out of Spain, say. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that, that certainly is. And, and that's how the, the, the Christians must have felt when they were marched into the sports arena to be fed to the lions. So there, so there was no Super Bowl party at St. Gertrude's last Sunday. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I did discreetly note in the bulletin that you would have enough time to come to Vespers and still make it home in time for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice anyone who took me up on that. But um, <laughs> but now speaking well, of the Super Bowl, Stephen, uh, I, one one little factoid that I came across in my preparation for the show this morning is, uh, and this, this would tie into the idea that modern sport gives you all the capital sins and gives you all the capital sins in abundance. We just got to tick them off uh, and not excluding gluttony, even though the, the players obviously have to watch their weight and have to bulk up and, and, and be in, in excellent physical form. Nevertheless, the spectators do not. And I learned today that the, uh, second greatest day for overeating in America after Thanksgiving is Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't know that. I'd never actually been atten- attending, I never attended a Super Bowl party. No one's invited <laughs> me and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but see, people sit in front of the TV set and I guess they overdrink and they overeat. And that's the greatest day for it after, after that nice Protestant holiday of the, of the Pilgrim Fathers that we call Thanksgiving. Uh, and one would have a hard time Christianizing any of this, I'm, I'm afraid, all of this. But, yeah, some of those things, that's, they're worth thinking about, that spirit of cohesion, the crowd, kind of the lift and the wonderful feel of it. Um, and that's just part of what you're talking about is just part of what we would face in this uh, ultimate hard sell to persuade people even to take a step back and, um, t- and take a long look at uh, what modern sport is in our society and what sport is in and of itself. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Clerical Conversations on the Restoration Radio Network. That was His Excellency Bishop Daniel Dolan. Also joining us is Father Anthony Chicada. And today um, we are dealing with some hard sayings 
um, as we talk about sports and its role within a Catholic life, or perhaps it's the role it should or shouldn't have in a Catholic life. And Your Excellency, what I want to address right now is the pit in the stomach of young people or parents who are listening to this show, and they're thinking to themselves, oh my goodness, His Excellency is ruling yet another thing out of my life. (laughs) All that traditional Catholicism is about is about telling me what I can't do and what music I can't listen to, et cetera. So I I, I suppose I want to take a step back and I want to allow you to address those people directly because because I've been there myself probably when I first came to tradition. And I also had the benefit of working with someone like Father Chikata. A lot of people don't know as part of my process of, of come, you know, coming to theological conclusions I did, Father Jakarta was very patient with me. I, I, I look back now at some of the notes I made of conversations that I've had with Father. I thought to myself, why didn't he tell me that I was an idiot after I said that to him? <laughs> and, um, and so, well, there so, was a great uh, deal of agonia involved. Hopefully not too much strife there, but, uh, the, the idea, the idea was that, so I've, I've been spoiled in the sense that father was able to work through these issues with me in, in, a, in a patient way. And we'll assume that your excellency, you're, you're willing to be patient. If, if, uh, if I found out that, uh, I suppose maybe that that's, uh, why I wouldn't be a cleric if I found out that someone was going to let their child skip, uh, you know, math for a soccer game, I would, I would probably throttle them or something. And that that's why <laughs> I, I, I can't be, a, I can't be a cleric. But, but I think that, that can you address, can you, can you speak to these people? So people who are, who are coming over from the Novus Ordo people or lis- listeners of our show who are in the Novus Ordo have recently come over from the Novus Ordo or who've been traditional Catholics for a long time. And you've made them very uncomfortable by this entire, you and Father have made them very uncomfortable by this entire conversation. Can you, can you explain to them that you're not just trying to make their life not fun? <laughs> yes, I think that I can, make an, I can make an effort at that. That is to say that um, if you look at these topics, uh, subject by subject, you put them under the microscope, it takes them as just out of context, it could seem that, uh, that the clergy are meant to be supreme uh, killjoys. But you see, if you, do it, if you look at it that way, you're still viewing um, modern life and culture under the aspect of the revolution. What you have to do, Stephen, is take off your revolutionary spectacles, and you have to crush them under your feet. And you have to get yourself a new prescription and a new set of glasses. You have to see things in this united, that is to say, Catholic, and simple perspective, uh, then you 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 see you see the essential problems. You see all of the excess that should make it easy for anybody just to opt out of this world. And then and then you say, now what can we do as a family? What can we do as a church? What can we do for recreation and for fun? I, I'm not here to. By the way, neither of us are here to say that we're adding a new category of sins to your examination of conscience for next (laughs) Sunday when you go to your Mass. No, we're not, by any means. What what we are saying is, look at how far it's gone. Uh, Look at it. Study it. Think about this a little bit. Understand that there are some some bad principles, some pagan principles, really, at uh, at play here. See what sports does to you. Um, I remember I used to have a brother-in-law who, um, and, and this must be typical of so many people, who 
you know, the saying was that when the family got together at Thanksgiving, we always had to play these board games. And, of course, the board games always left me bored. But the brother-in-law used to play the board games, and he was far from bored. He was so into it, heart and soul, that he was a terrible loser. And and no one wanted to have him around for the game because it wasn't fun anymore. It was just he, he got so angry and so bitter and so, that it brings out vice in people. It brings out vice in children. It brings out vice in adults. Wherever these kinds of games on whatever level are played, there is some sort of a vice that's going to emerge, whether it be anger, whether it be um, a sloth, sort of an easy passivity, going along with the crowd mentality, uh, pride, vainglory, contention, uh, uh, exaltation of self, you name it. There are all these potential vices. So the, the first thing is to step back and to look at and say, we could probably do better. We don't have to live the unexamined life. The unexamined life really isn't, isn't worth living. Why don't we Catholics who are left think about this stuff, talk about it? We're also not saying, by the way, that any form of you know, physical outdoor exertion or activity in any form of uh, even slightly organized way is somehow evil or sinful. Um, and I think that you can approach these, these things in a casual, joyful way. You know, you're tossing around a ball or doing this or that in the backyard with the kids. I think there's a, there's a very healthy approach to that that's possible. But watch your reactions. Watch what's, uh, watch, um, what's stirred up in your own soul, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll see what, what we've been talking about today. Part of the difficulty uh, is that uh, we swim, as it were, in modern culture, and uh, you're, you're like a fish in water, and uh, the tendency is not really to uh, notice actually very much about the water that's around you. And the point His Excellency made about putting your Catholic spectacles on is uh, is an important one, that you have to learn to step back a little bit from uh, the culture in which you, you're swimming and learn to examine it and look at it uh, very critically. And that's really part of our, our Christian duty, and that's really uh, all that we're asking people to do. And what, is, is there a... Uh, is there a way to raise your children, I'd interject, so as to be humble, simple, gentle, self-effacing, forgetful of self, always willing to help the other person out and to fade into the background? And would the way we train our children in the way of entertainment, uh, is, is, there, is there maybe a link? And is there some way that even in that area we could, um, we could be putting them uh, more in the right direction? I think as you're, if, we'll, if we'll continue on the, the spectacles analogy, even for those of us who've gotten LASIK, that the <laughs> idea of, the idea of, of life as how I can have fun is, is a problem in and of itself, is it not? That oh, indeed. It, oh, yeah. It, sure, sure. It's, and, and, and again, as you say, within a first world culture where mm -hmm. all of our problems are taken care of, uh, and we, you know, we have the, the leisure to do, you could say, whatever we want, that, that, that becomes the main focus. The, uh, the focus is in uh, how many, even if they were engaged in a, in a competitive way regarding their spirituality, the, the question is how many rosaries I can do, but how many, how many different ways 
I, I can please myself. So as I think what I'm hearing you and Father say is, so we have to go all the way back to the beginning and say, well, what's the purpose of Baltimore Catechism? Question number one, right? You know, what's the purpose of my mm-hmm. life? Know, love, and serve God, to be happy with Him forever and have heaven, and then make everything subordinate to that. So will playing this competitive sport help me get to heaven? Because I, I, as you were mentioning the board game, it's, uh, it was a, a very early memory for me. I think I was six years old, and I'm sure you can guess I was precocious. And my parents were playing Monopoly, and I went down there and I insisted that I was old enough to play Monopoly. And my parents dutifully let me join in, and uh, within 10 minutes, I was promptly cashiered out of the game. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I, 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 st- I stomped upstairs, you know, much, you know, much to my own embarrassment later. And my mom later that night took the opportunity to say, you know, did you think about why you did that? You know, what did you really need to do that? And to this day, of course, as it is within any family, I'm always reminded of stomping out when I was six years old uh, after I, I lost my first game of Monopoly. So I, I want to take the the uh, advocate. I thought you were going position. to tell us, Stephen, that you thought you were going to tell us you took your parents to the cleaners in 10 minutes. <laughs> Within Park Place, (laughs) 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 they were they were renting from you in no time. (laughs) So, I want to take the uh, advocatus diaboli position here Mm -hmm. and uh, and repeat some things that I think some people would say, and then I think some things that within me are bubbling up to be said. And again, because I'm part, I'm I grew up in modern culture. Uh, you know, I listened to rock music when I was younger. I came over from the Nova. I mean, I listened to rock music and math. Who, who am I kidding? I went to the Nova Sordo. Mm-hmm. So um, when, I mean, it wasn't quite the Bishop Sanborn treatment. You know, whenever he talks about listening to Lady Madonna, I never got that. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I still I still heard it. So some people are going to say, Your Excellency, haven't you seen Rudy? Haven't you seen Miracle on Ice? You know, sports build character, sports teach people teamwork. They give people an opportunity to, to come together, build skill, not give up, it, it, persevere. Aren't these all characteristics that Christians should want and they can append on to their Christian life? Well, that's Father Chicago's cue. Sports builds character. Come <laughs> oh, in. I got into a lot of trouble on that one. <laughs> well, Pete Rose, Kobe Bryant. Uh... Yes. The, the, if you just go down the list, the actual effect is uh, is the opposite. There's always a story about uh, misbehaving uh, sports idols and sports heroes. Uh, Pete Rose, uh, the famous uh, baseball player, uh, he he said that sports is, is my religion. And, uh, you know, he ended up involved in all sorts of uh, uh, corruption. There's Kobe Bryant, and, and there was some uh, fellow, I think his name was Sherman in the news recently, who was misbehaving. <laughs> uh, now, all of these... Um, uh, the, the, the vices, in fact, are encouraged by the adulation that uh, you're you're made to think that what you're doing uh, is extremely important to people and to um, uh, uh, good values in modern society. You're paid huge amounts of money for it, and. Uh, then you think pretty soon that you're uh, immune from 
the moral constraints of the rest of society, and you do all sorts of horrible things. So if anything, it's it's the opposite in modern um, uh, competitive uh, team sports. It does not, in fact, build character, either in professional or if you talk in terms of, say, college sports, in effect, uh, those are professional sports as well. You have a different type of uh, compensation uh, for that. Uh, it's a money-raising enterprise for the worthless secular universities. You're given a free pass as far as learning anything, which should be actually the purpose of school. So uh, there, uh, again, it's a it does not build character. And so on down the line, I mean, into to modern high school uh, culture, in the United States, the uh, football and the, the different competitive sports, and now this this has trickled down even into grade school, and uh, you have such phenomenon a phenomenon as the the little league and all sorts of strife and contention there. So it it in, in fact the opposite, it does not build character, it, it destroys it, it instills the wrong. Uh, values that contention is good, that spending all your time doing something that is uh, essentially vain and, and useless is somehow important, and that uh, one who is good at this, this uh, whatever uh, basketball or or football is exempt from the uh, regular rules and is supposed to be paid a huge amount of money. So it's it's all exactly the opposite of uh, building character. It's all of it's all a function, Stephen, of our our modern world society. A lot of leisure time, a real strong sense of entitlement that we breed into our children. The whole idea of the uh, the special uh, the special world of the teenager, the creation of what a teenager is in this world, and his rights and all the rest of it. Um, for the majority of the world, even today when you're a child or when you're a young adult, it's a matter of survival and of working because you had to work to survive and if you wanted to go to school so that you could maybe do something with your life. Uh, and then those, those same spiritual values, you, know, you wanted to get to Mass, you wanted to get to the sacraments, you wanted to teach someone else the catechism. You, you wanted these things because it's a matter of, of life and death, literally, for, for the soul. So it's... Um, at, a genteel way of looking at modern sport in America is dolce far niente, you know, the Italian idea of sweetly to do nothing. Uh, that, 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 that has somehow staked the claim on a lot of our time and a lot of our money at the price of a serious approach to life, at the price of family life, as well as the price of the practice of the faith. And then, it, then as I say, as we're, as we're both saying, it goes downhill from there. So there's every reason in the world for every Catholic to re-examine uh, his attitude towards sport and sports with children, sports in, in his own family. And having re-examined it, then uh, to at least step back to a certain degree and to find some sort of a better use for his time and for the children's time, some better form of uh, creative, recreational kind of play. And, uh, and, and and therefore then to put that into practice. Hmm. If only there were a, a season in the church that were coming up where, where one could step away from something for a period of time as, as penance and, and then maybe reflect on, on that penance. What a strange uh, idea. 
Well, my goodness, that's really offensive that you should it's mention that. <laughs> negative theology, Stephen. Yeah, get with it. Be positive. Don't be a loser. Be positive. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. That's my, what is it, neo-Pelagian tendencies coming out again. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, didn't our friend Bergoglio uh, just say something in a sermon today about losers, Your Excellency? That's right. I, I, I Someone sent us that. His, his latest word is that. Well, really, our Lord in the Beatitudes, he's, he's talking about, about losers. The Beatitudes are for losers. <laughs> As they say, you Boy, can't that, make this stuff up. <laughs> Boy, that, that, that must be the, the new, new, new world translation. Blessed are the losers. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think so. Definitely, that definitely doesn't come through in the original. So, <laughs> your Excellency and Father, again, going back to this idea of of the hard thing. I, I, as someone today, I, I'm not just a host, but in a way I'm, I'm a listener. I am someone who is of good. I, I like to think that I'm of goodwill. I, I like to think that I, I'm not willing. I don't have any sacred cows that aren't religious. You know, that the, I don't have any secular sacred cows. If, if I'm told by a priest that I should take a look at something that I'm willing to take a step back, no matter how deeply ingrained that is, and I, as you've been talking today, I've been thinking of the uh, that young, the the rich young man, uh, mm-hmm. potential a potential apostle number X. You know, he could have been an apostle. He could have been uh, a saint. He could have been something great. But he went away. His heart was heavy. And I thought, you know, uh, so whether you have like myself, soccer jerseys and scarves or, uh, you know, footballs, uh, or whatever it might be, memorabilia, baseball cards. Uh, will, will, do you think that some of us today, I, I, this is a two-part question, some of us today are going to walk, walk away as the rich young man because they had many sports possessions? And, and the, second, the, second, the second follow-up to that is, uh, well, obviously, we have a worldwide audience. We have we have listeners in, in over 30 countries, and we, we just had our first Polish show, and the polls... Uh, listen to that show in force. It's, it's now moving its way up the, the, the rating. We, um, but we have a lot of American listeners and I'm always, I'm always looking at things through an American lens. And I wonder how much of this is down to Americans wanting to get along. I'm taking from one of Father Chicada's sermons, who's taking from that famous philosopher, Rodney King, uh, about not being able to get along and that we, we participate in sports because it's a way for us to be secularly ecumenical. We can, hey, I can yeah. play baseball with my Protestant neighbor. He's not such a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, it's something we can we can go to. But but there are all these little compromises we have to make along the way that we just, we write off and say, well, you know, what are you going to do? Catholics don't own the team, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Or let, as you point out, games on Sunday. So are you going to attend a game on Sunday? You know, does that, is that really keeping the Sabbath holy? So or then, those, 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 are, that's, those are my two questions, directly. The, the rich young man problem and the can, why can't we all get along problem. Well, for, for the rich young man, uh, it could just as well be the rich, young old, the rich old lady. That is to say, there's always going to be something about Christianity that really gets on your nerves. And it's, it's, this, this is just going a little bit too far. Don't ask me to drive the extra 50 miles to get to Mass because uh, I've got a 
sort of a Latin mass next door, and that, that's going to be fine enough for me. And then she, she walks with you no longer, or whether it be the young man about, about soccer or anything in between. The unexamined life is not worth living. We live in a world of myth, uh, a world of deeply encroached error uh, and paganism. Scratch that, you get the occult, and you get the organized forces of naturalism. Do not ask me about them today. Um, we, sh- we should be examining all of this. How do It's been 50 years, my goodness. We should be examining all of this. How, how do we get to where we got, root of the rot, and um, what do we need to do about it now? And uh, the idea that we would approach anything as sort of a sourpuss, uh, killjoy, Puritan point of view, absolutely not. There's no one who has so much fun as Catholics, historically. It's true. It's absolutely true. The, 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 the vibrant, joyful Catholic culture, those are the principles that should inspire us uh, for, for our life and, uh, and our culture. But, but we need to, you know, a, a program like this doesn't even scratch the surface to, 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 to get into um, to all of these issues. But they're, they're very important issues to be gotten into. You talk about sports for Saturday, for um, Sunday morning, yes. But then how much sports occupies uh, uh, a young person's week and eats in the way of studies, family life, participation in family life, uh, and the spiritual life and the, the availability to serve or anything else at church? Uh, there, there's, there's, there's a lot that needs to be said, a lot needs to be thought through, and there's a lot that needs to be rejected. But you don't reject recreation. You don't reject having fun. You don't reject en- enjoying yourself with others. Uh, there, are, there are still many ways to, uh, to, to promote that, but you want to do it in a Catholic way, as long as we're at it, since there, there are so few of us and, and the world is so big and so bad. As long as we're at it, let's, uh, let's really examine the issue thoroughly. On the, the second point, the Rodney King point, the social kingship of Rodney King, I guess, <laughs> the, um, be, before Vatican II, the idea of a, you had Catholic leagues, you did not have, you did not have Catholic schools playing Protestant schools, uh, because the idea was that um, if we were going to have this, this is going to be um, a, Catholicized to the extent possible and made part of our uh, environment. And uh, the type of uh, uh, contact on this level with other, uh, with false religions in effect, or people of no religion, is uh, something that should be avoided, you know, unless you're, you're going to try to convert them. So it wasn't seen as a means of. Uh, uh, at least at the high school level, and certainly not at the grade school level, of uh, any sort of uh, uh, socialization with uh, with other schools. Sports are. Uh, it has to be said, Father, that sports are, are are a way of grabbing and perverting our Catholic youth, and even traditional Catholic institutions. Uh, your, Stevens, you, you spoke about, you know, sort of the lingua franca of sports and, and how it's maybe it's our Esperanto of everybody's sort of getting along and she, she, what do you think, what do you think about them giants or whatever it is? I don't know, the Seahawks. Um, but no, when you, when you start, you, you look at it, at its effects on, on a local level, how it deteriorates the idea not only of the use of time and priorities in one's life, regardless of your age, but you look at uh, the question of modesty. You look at the question of music, all of the things that theologians would say are ex adjuncti, so things added on to the sports performance. Uh, 
then that, that has to make you stop and say, wait a minute. And then just the whole idea that, that, that I really do want to stress, the idea of, 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 of strife and contention for no good or noble purpose. But these other things that, that add on, all, the, the cumulative effect has got to be to take our Catholics of whatever age and to dull and to deaden their senses from things that really do matter. And, and then it, it, it's yet another way of pressuring everybody to go along to get along in this new sort of a one-world religion, which is that of sports. And we have to reject that just as we have to reject the religion that they've set up in Rome. As, I, as I've said, Your Excellency, not, not just for our listeners, but for myself, these are some hard sayings. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking as you're talking, it, I guess it's something we don't, those of us who are into sports and and. I, I feel like I'm, I'm talking in a therapy session, Your Excellency. So I'm, I'm working through my I'm working through my problems here. The idea uh, we don't think about that, as you point out, the uh, the time we spend, which is which isn't necessarily counted in in dollars. But let's say the money yeah. that we do spend. Money you, you about, do spend? Well, oh yes. Let's say I sure. took uh, a third of that, and um, I'm sure Your Excellency or Father could come up with some good uses for for those funds if we if we set that aside. Uh, and to think about that, to think about, uh, I guess, uh, start uh, if, if we're not breaking through with some of your other arguments, Your Excellency, maybe we, we go right to the pocketbook and ask, yes, uh, yes. What, what is your tithe to your sport and what is your tithe to your church? Mm-hmm. And how does that measure up? Does it measure up? Are you, <laughs> what are you spending more money on and does that make any sense? More money, more time. And, and what do you invest more energy, more enthusiasm? For many, it would have to be sports. And then eventually, religion is just a formality, and it's a formality that's easily dispensed with. Because um, the, the moderns are bragging now. I, I, I downloaded a few articles from the Internet in preparation for this show. They're bragging about, about uh, that, that sports truly are the new religion. And anything that religion used to give you in the old days, sports can give you now. You're talking about community values and community unity, the sense of achievement, the sense of purpose, recreation, fun, ritualized games. It's uh, everything is there, and we don't need to go to church anymore because we have all of this in our in our stadium or in our TV set or at the local high school or grade indeed grade school level all the way through. It's really you see that uh, very much across the board in the promotion of the Olympics. Now you can't escape that Olympics. That's everywhere, and they have their uh, particular uh, rituals and things that people are supposed to get excited about. Uh, the different symbols uh, and uh, the, the, that are intended to, uh, you know, engage people. And uh, this, in fact, is uh, a form of popular religion. It's it's something that should hit you in the face if you look at, say, a tape of of, of one of these uh, uh, Olympic ceremonies with this, their sacred flame and all that other nonsense uh, that that uh, go along with it. And and the, the ceremony and the display and so on, it's, it's a, a religious overtones, all of it. I, I was telling Father Chicana before the show, Stephen, that I believe that St. Pius X specifically condemned the revival of the Olympics. Uh, and uh, that would not surprise me because, because the, uh, the, the, the man 
who who was very very influential as as you as the reviver of all of these things pretty frankly admitted it's religious uh, overtones or undertones, or maybe someplace in between, um, and how it was meant to serve as a kind of a universal religion to unite modern man together in sport and the values of sport and all the rest. Did, did you know that the last attempt to revive the pagan Greek Olympics took place during the Christian era? And, and of all places, uh, the city of Chalcedon, Asia Minor, across the across the strait from Constantinople, and it was a it was a monk saint, Saint Hypatius, who uh, resisted the Christian officials who were trying to revive the pagan Olympics. And finally, it came down to this: he threatened to occupy the playing field with his monks and to block the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, would, that then, wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been fun at all. No, it would not have been fun, no. <laughs> but it would have gotten the monks out of the monastery, some good exercise, <laughs> and who knows, and it certainly be a lot of fun for them. <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, uh, you have to see it in terms of, you have to see the whole world and all of your life and all of your, and all of your everything in terms of Christ versus his enemy, which is the adversary, the one with whom our Lord struggled during his sporting event, which was the agony in the garden. That was his sporting event. That was his agony. And that was a strife unto the death, uh, our, our Lord against the devil, so that he was able to finally, and it almost killed him. Uh, he almost died, had it not been for the angel, so that our Lord finally was able to say to the, to the Father, not my will, but thine be done. He won. Our Lord won. God won. And in each one of these scenarios that we're talking about today, I think you have to see it in those terms. Well, I know that my uh, my colleague Nicholas wants, but it will be very gratified for you to have uh, added on more kindling to the, uh, the 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 woodshed beating he gave me. I think in season one of Restoration Radio, we addressed the Olympics, and he made a very con case. And I suppose a a Stephen of a harder heart was on the was on the radio that day. And uh, was uh, was uh, I was unmoved by his argument, but uh, but he'll be he'll be very happy to hear your words today to uh, to push the knife to push the knife in a bit deeper. For those of you who are interested in that, um, Nicholas brings up some of the points His Excellency did. It's in season one. If you go to RestorationRadioNetwork.com and just search for the Olympics or scroll down to season one, click on season one, you'll you'll see it. For those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Clerical Conversations. I'm Stephen Heiner, uh, guest hosting for Justin Soder today, and I'm on with His Excellency Bishop Daniel Dolan and Father Anthony Chicada. We've been talking about sport, its role as part of the revolution, what its role should be within a Catholic's life, and the idea of sports building character, or does it question mark? Your Excellency, the... There might be a couple of other things I, I want to add on, but I suppose at this point I'm I'm going to, as I I always have to, um, be the the person who says, well, you know, this is just Bishop Stanborn and Father Chicada being extreme again. You know, they're extremists on the liturgy, they're extremists on pants, you know, and and here we are now. They're telling us we we can't even have some good old fashioned sports or board games with our family. I mean. What you know? Light, lighten up, Your Excellency. Lighten up, Father. <laughs> the, the, of course, the, the, the whole idea of um, 
extremism uh, as as though somehow truth could be could be could be measured you can have, you can sort of you can get by on a little bit of truth you know and uh, a lot of bit a, a, a big bit of falsehood that that that's that really shouldn't be a problem for you for your life oh says when does that have anything to do with following Jesus Christ not that I'm aware of so I'm not interested in in either extremes or this um something borrowed in effect from the French uh revolution uh, right versus left, or extreme versus moderate. I'm give me the principles. I'm interested in the principles, and then talk about extreme. The application always is very mild, and very moderate, and very judicious. Um, uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas is, is is the magnificent example of that, time and again. There are all sorts of moderating virtues that would forbid any Catholic, in effect, to be an extremist about anything at all. And so whether it be uh, women's dress or whether it be modern sport or politics or anything, there's a, there's a Catholic perspective. When I say Catholic perspective, I'm looking, as uh, St. Bernard says, if I don't hear Jesus in this, then it's, uh, it's dull or it's uh, noisome to my ears. If I don't taste Jesus in this, then it's bitter to my taste. If I don't see him there, it's ugly to my eyes. I'm looking for our Lord. I'm looking for our Lord somehow, uh, and, and his plan, his divine plan for society and for salvation uh, to be worked out in this, in, in this playing field, if you will. Yes, in this playing. And if I don't see him there, uh, then I'm not interested in it. If this can't somehow be fit into the big picture, and I think that's what modern pre-Vatican II society, Catholic society, uh, that's why it was able to crack apart, because it was founded on all of these things that really had no root in Jesus Christ. They, and the one writer uh, says that the modern moral theologians were sort of taken by surprise with this pagan uh, revolutionary revival of organized sports after the communist revolution of 1848. The church really didn't know so much what to, what to make of it. So I'm looking for the principles, and I'm looking for a, a holistic, for want of a better term, a holistic viewpoint on all of these things. But I'm not afraid to, obviously, obviously so, of to, um, to point out all of these falsehoods and all of these golden calves that so many of our Catholics are willing to worship. There, these 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 sports characters are characters. I'll grant you that, but they're not heroes, and we shouldn't adulate them or look up to them, nor should we hold them up to our children any more than we would hold up Santa Claus. Is there anything you'd like to add on to that, Father? No, it's uh, as usual. His uh, Excellency is <laughs> is eloquent on this point, and and. Uh, since we're uh, no, not in competition just, with each other, right, Father? Uh, yeah, we're not. There's, <laughs> there's no, no contention here. There's no strife. Know? There's no competition. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, I suppose maybe the subtitle of our show today, Your Excellency, would be, If Today You Hear Some Clerical Voices, Harden Not Your Heart. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Tell them if, if they're going to do it, do it, for goodness sake, do it joyfully. Any of this, uh, this grim, uh, uh, oppressively negative approach to life is not ours. That's not the Catholic approach. I mean, we, uh, we, uh, we, we look back to the patron saint of athletes, St. Sebastian, uh, 
or the patron saint of Agonia, St. Lawrence, uh, being slowly grilled to death. These are our, uh, these are our, our, our saints, our heroes. These are our, our role models for our children. And as we try to rebuild something, because everything's gone, this is what we have to have in mind. But it has to be done with a smile and with joy. And, and if, if it's not, then somehow the devil's gotten into it. We have to, we have to start it again. Indeed, and you know that should uh, that should be a part of it. How frequently uh, do you see in in uh, competitive games the uh, actually the sort of absence of joy on the part of the players that there's this determination, this grim uh, determination to win, like your brother-in-law with the, the board game. And, That's a and, very good point. Uh, I mean, you, you see the the level of of uh, uh, concentration. And it's taken so seriously, it really ceases to be fun and ceases to be joyful. I mean, if you, uh, uh, that might be something to look for. Uh, You don't see much joy on the uh, faces of the uh, thugs who are fighting it out on the field at the Super Bowl. Indeed, not, not. It's not fun. It's it's, uh, it's something that's that's uh, taken seriously in the sense that there's um, uh, that you know there there is real strife. They they want to get the other side, and they want to win, and they want to make uh, a lot of money. So it's 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 a uh, everything about it uh, really is wrong. Perhaps when traditional Catholics get together for some form of outdoor or even indoor play, physical or intellectual, we should have referees who would blow the whistle every 15 minutes or so and say, remember, we're only doing it because it's fun. (laughs) Remember, (laughs) it's only a game. You know, it's only I mean, a game. It's, it's only a game, and the uh, the idea that it should loom large and have any sort of uh, uh, importance really shows a uh, really shows a lack of balance. So, what we're asking people to do is not to give up some some dear and important part of family life or their life or their children's life. We're asking them to go back to to really having fun, to enjoying themselves, to real recreation. And recreate to create over again to recreate themselves and in in the spirit of our Lord. That's what we're asking, and it's a fun process. Yeah. Well, as you're saying that, you're the. I realized we can't even have forgotten how to do that because we were never taught in the first place. Yes, that's very important too. We we weren't raised in a Catholic culture. No, no, no. That's true. That's true. And I and I suppose I would I would share that with my fellow listeners who are uh, enduring the hard things as I am today. That the idea always has to be what I mentioned at the top of the show, which is why am I being resistant or or not willing to hear out His Excellency and Father? Where is that motivation coming from? Is it coming from a Catholic spirit or is it coming from a modern spirit? I think there should always be an automatic suspicion for your instincts, especially when you hear traditional Catholic teaching and part of you says, oh, I don't really like that. Well, where is that coming from? It's certainly not coming from a, a Catholic sense. It's coming from, uh, shall we say, the other place. It's the voice of the revolution. It's, it's the bifurcated approach. It's everything in tiny little compartments that are hermetically sealed unto themselves. And the Monday me doesn't talk to the Sunday me. And what I do at home with the, the Super Bowl on and the kids, that has nothing at all to do with Sunday morning. 
that's 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 I think fifties Catholicism. Even though, as, as we were saying, fifties Catholicism had no idea of the excesses or the or the depth to which we would sink in this in the in the repaganized age. But what we want to do as we attempt to rebuild is to uh, have a conversation. How is to in, connect the rooms with intercom so we can start talking again, and so that that the whole man, which includes recreation and fun and, and, and taking it easy, uh, leisure time, the whole man can, 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 can be another Christ, can serve Christ, and everything we do somehow fits into that. For those of you who are just joining us, we are at the end of our program today, Clerical Conversation. Um, His Excellency Bishop Daniel Dolan was just speaking. Also, we've had Father Anthony Chicada on with us. Today, we've been talking about sports about the idea of sports building character as an as a open question, um, what, uh, what Catholics should be doing for true recreation, and as part of the entire forming of today's show, the idea of being able to simply step back, that uh, His Excellency isn't asking uh, you to dump everything tomorrow. Again, that's the bigger question is, uh, are you examining your motivations for why you're doing something? And um, I suppose that that'll be the last thing, Your Excellency. Is there anything uh, you or Father would 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 put as a, a final a final word to our listeners today? Yeah, uh, I, I really would recommend uh, that our listeners take the approach that was so urged by Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Uh, of course, during his his lifetime, his papacy, that was when. The the, the the sports made, pagan sports made their um, comeback. I think that if everyone starts meditating on agony, agonia, strife and contention in the life, in the light of, of the rosary, the power of the rosary, I think the rosary uh, has the power to change viewpoints and in effect to change lives and to bring uh, everyone's heart who, who meditates the rosary with, with sincerity into accordance with the the heart of God. Meditation it is that makes a huge difference. So see our Lord, Saint, remember St. Saint Luke uses the word for sport. See our Lord in this strife, this contention unto death, and, um, and how he throws everything into it. And see how the moderns do all of that, and now St. Paul's talking for nothing, for a perishable crown. Get your priorities reordered. And the benefit that you're going to derive from that is that uh, far from losing anything, you're actually going to gain. You'll gain time. You'll gain energy. You may gain your children. You may gain your children's attention. And you certainly will regain a sense of recreation, of rest, of leisure, and of fun. Because the modern world, which is an antichrist world, has robbed you of all of these things. Time to take it back. And it is time to pay attention with that uh, in one's meditation to the whole purpose of life that we learn in the catechism, which is to know, love, and serve God in this world so we can be happy with him in the next. And that means that we will achieve not a corruptible crown, but an incorruptible one. And that's the point. To, to lift a, a line from, from one of his one of Father's sermons, because our, our king is not Rodney, but, but Christ. Indeed, indeed. We always have to stress that. That's very good. I'm sorry, this is, this is the problem, Father, with leaving memorable lines and sermons. People actually remember the sermons, <laughs> and so you, you, you hear them quote it back to you. I, I, you I, hope Father, that they I, get them right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, uh, Father, I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, to pitch a few things that um, SGG Resources is offering right now. Um, we just finished, we just passed Candlemas. So I know you have a Candlemas offering, you have uh, some an Epiphany offering, and then you also are selling um, uh, CDs of, uh, of you, um, His Excellency and Bishop Sanborn, appearing on uh, Restoration Radio. So if you'd like to, to share anything about that and the latter in particular, I think, is a, uh, a pretty good deal when I realize actually how much it was. There's something, I think, like uh, 70 hours of uh, restoration radio, and it includes the, the Bishop Dolan's discover, uh, discussion of different sacramentals and feasts of the church's liturgical year. It uh, includes uh, discussions as well of uh, different contemporary events, as it were, in uh, the history of the Church and the history of the, the post-Vatican II crisis. Uh, there is um, an analysis by Bishop Sanborn of some of the major errors of Vatican II, and uh, discussions between uh, Bishop Sanborn and myself about the um, uh, crisis, the, the 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 face that the crisis in the Novus Ordo Church has taken on since the accession of Bergoglio. So there's an awful lot to to listen to, and since they're available on uh, uh, CDs, uh, it's something that you could easily listen to uh, in your car. So I recommend that you get a hold of a, a, a set of these for some very interesting listening. And also, you have some some offerings there from the church um, uh, post Epiphany and post Candlemas. Uh, yes, there's the the house blessing uh, kit that we have, and we ask a small donation for that. Also, the um, candles that are blessed on the uh, feast on Candlemas and the feast of the purification of Blessed Mother. These are sacramental as well, and we have uh, those available as well for you, in addition to uh, my book, Work of Human Hands, and uh, a number of other uh, very interesting offerings. Well, Your Excellency Father, thanks again for your time. I, I know you're busy. I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you for pushing us, um, asking us to look at some difficult things, and uh, always, always demanding that we live a fully Christian life. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. We at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to your Catholic life, that you would please consider making whatever donation is possible to our apostolate, no matter how small it may be. To those of you who have donated, a heartfelt thank you for your kindness and generosity. If you have any questions or comments or would like to reproduce our work, on your channel in some format, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to leave us a message on our Twitter handle at True Restoration or via email at mail at truerestoration.org. For the Restoration, I am Stephen Heiner. May God bless you.
This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.